Raging Review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us, let's lock hand in hand, and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm, alarm, ready. Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's I got one thing to say right here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rage and Review podcast. A Thanksgiving edition. Texas State edition. A Let's Get Bowl eligible edition. It's Nick. It's me. We're waiting on Jerry. Things have happened this evening. So we're not quite sure where we stand. Uh, and as soon as we know everything's all right, we'll share the story. It's pretty hilarious, actually. <laughs> Shout out to Jerry. Uh, Nick, what's going on, dude? Nothing, man. Um, hard to believe that it's already freaking Thanksgiving. I know. I'm going to throw this up there. James is chiming in saying, this went too fast. I mean, we were just talking. I feel like yesterday we were having the positions show where we're talking about where we think positions are ranking and now here we are talking about the last game of the season before we go bowling hopefully so um man this is it's going too fast firmly believe that we're gonna go bowling uh it is wild that the season is about to come to an end uh, regardless of if texas state is the last one or if we continue but it, it is wild that i mean it's thanksgiving this week well, it's wild that like 2020 felt like it took five years and then 2021 felt like it took about two and a half and then this year, it felt like it took two months, and we're through the year. Pretty wild, yeah. And I wanted to say, if you look over my shoulder here, Cam and Owen drew a few pictures for the audience to say, Happy Thanksgiving from the Jogno family. So from the Rage and Review family, the Jogno family, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Want to say a special shout-out to our business partners, Gordon McKernan, Injury Attorneys, uh, 225-888-888, if you want to get in touch with them. They're also at getgordon.com. Fantastic partners, fantastic people to work with. They're giving out, and I, he tweeted it yesterday. I'm going to try to find it while we talk about it, but they're giving away 500 bicycles for uh, the holiday season. So that's going to be community-wide throughout Baton Rouge, Zachary, uh, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Lafayette. It's all over the state. Uh, they've been doing this for quite some time now, and uh, it's, a really cool, it's a really cool initiative. They do a great job with it. It's become... It's kind of something that kids look forward to uh, within the Gordon family and anybody that's connected to them. So uh, everybody be on the lookout to that if you want to donate to that or there's some sort of way you can get involved and I'll get the information to everybody. Uh, but Gordon McKernan, our fantastic fine business partners. Also, Lafayette Roofing, Darren Doming and the group. What can I say? I mean, Cajun fan, extraordinaire, uh, RCAF donor, charter member. He's been a fantastic friend to Raging Cajun Athletics and also to the Raging Review podcast. If you guys need a a superior roof. If you need any kind of contracting work whatsoever, please get with Darren Doming and the guys over at Lafayette Roofing. And by the way, we have some some new partners that we need to uh, announce, but we're going to wait until the new year to do that. So that'll be interesting. Uh, just people 
wanting to be in business with Rage Review, man. I don't know. I, you know, hey, hey doing something you right. Bring me on board. This beautiful face. That's it. Things start happening. The dulcet tones, the beautiful faces, <laughs> just resonates, man. Uh, but but anyway, so we'll have some more some more things to announce soon. We played a football game last weekend, and I want to put a, a finishing touch on that. More importantly, though, I want to talk about some takeaways that I had from game day. You know, that was one of our big topics when we talked in the post game was just the game day experience. We got a lot of great comments from FSU fans, which, like I said, and you could see in the comments on the YouTube uh, channel and, and the um, episode chat area, lots of great comments about the show, about the program, about their interactions with our fans. They were just, they were top notch. So I have really nothing more to add to that. They were just great. But their game day experience was like, it, it had to be top three, if not top two. Uh, and I, I honestly, I don't even know if it's not number one. It may be number one. I hate to be, you know, recency bias here. Uh, but they had some things that that I really wanted to talk about that maybe we could implement with our game day experience. And it, it occurred to me that Haley Blitch graduated from Florida State. Actually, saw her there when we were there. So I wonder if we can maybe start a conversation with her to maybe get some things going. But before we do that, final takeaways, positives, negatives, whatever you have, Nick, I'll bounce them off of you while we wait for Jerry to join. And then I'm going to go into some takeaways that I think we can use in our own game day experience. Yeah, I think um, positives where the offensive and defensive lines um, played well. I mean, it doesn't show it in the stats, but um, they did hold up. Uh, we, we said it before, and I'll say it again. Florida State is that damn good. They're in the CFP rankings, I think, 15 or something like that, and it makes sense. Um, so so I, I think we played well. I think Chandler settled down nicely in the second half. He was rattled. In, in the first quarter, and and I feel like that's expected for, you know, the guy to get technically his first start this season. I mean, he had a couple more, but after resting for that long, he's having his second first start and is doing it in front of 60 to 80,000 people. And, and the atmosphere at Florida State and the, the chop and all that stuff, I mean, that's a lot to, lot to come in off the bench and, and try to do. But uh, Chandler settled down in the second half, and we need that uh, for next week, especially as we try to get bowl eligible. And, uh, you know, the the one thing that uh, the negative, I don't know, trying to think of negatives. I mean, giving up, uh, you know, 40 somewhat points in the first half. Obviously, that is uh, that is not great. Our our defense was just totally they weren't gassed by any means because they came out and played a respectable second half. But they uh, they definitely uh, they definitely got out outplayed and outmanned. Uh, on on Saturday, so uh, so those are just some takeaways that I had from the game, and it looked like the atmosphere was great. It doesn't look like it was a full house, but it looked still like they had. I mean, like you said, I love the pageantry of college football. I think we're losing that um, more and more as people stop going to games and start watching on television. So it's nice to see the pageantry is still there and the traditions are still there, and things they've been doing for fifty years are still being done today. We need more of that. And, and hopefully you have all the answers, Josh, because we've talked about it. It feels like this entire season about where, where are our traditions and where's our plan? And do we even have a plan? Do we have anything on, on the burner? So i um, interested to hear more of your thoughts about being there in person and seeing that. I'm going to launch into that in just a moment. I think it holds right at 80,000. Uh, Bobby Bowden Field at Dope Campbell Stadium. I would guess it was 65 to somewhere between 65 and 70. It wasn't capacity, but it was pretty close. Uh, and for anybody watching this, the uh, the stream, we have a special guest. Our star fullback and goalkeeper for the Rainbow Mermaids has entered for just a moment. What? <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, she's just getting ready to go to bed. What? Right. No. All right. 
Catherine. <laughs> yes, right. Anyway, you know, we talk about the fact that we can't get the mascot thing going. We can't figure out a way to come to the table and just have that conversation. Meanwhile, we have Renegade running out on the field with a, a, an actual person dressed in real Seminole regalia throwing the, the, the spear at, at the 50-yard line. And I know that that is, I mean, that is one of the oldest college football traditions, very recognizable, but they started somewhere. That never happened before one day when it did start to happen. We've got to find, we, we, we've got to find our something. And I think it starts with a mascot. Our, it, it, it's at least got to be a topic of conversation, right? We got to start there. But man, those people embrace that, that tradition. And of course, they have the tomahawk chant and the band was electric. They have all of those things and they've been doing it consistently for 40, 50 years. We all remember growing up watching Florida State and Deion Sanders and all the things that they did. Chris Winkie, Jameis Winston, all those players that you all remember. We saw that. And they have a ton of pride in what they do. They have a ton of pride in who they are. One of their, their main um, uh, phrases is unconquered. If, if, you, if you guys don't know the history behind the unconquered phrase, uh, the Seminole nation was never conquered by the U.S. Army, U.S. military. So they kind of took that and they... They took it, they built it into their program, and it is who they are. They, they feel like nothing is going to take away their identity. They feel like, you know, I, th there's just so much more into the history if anybody's interested to go and read about it. It's actually really, it's really, really cool. Catherine and I spent a, a couple hours reading about uh, the entire background of the Seminole Nation and how Florida State embraced them. Their culture became the Florida State program, essentially. Bobby Bowden's wife went out and... The people embraced her. They asked their permission to use the name and to really immerse themselves in that culture. So it was a symbiotic relationship, and I thought that that was really cool. It, it showed me that we could do the same thing with the Cajun identity and the Cajun culture. We have missed the mark. We have missed so many easy opportunities, in my view. Uh, and, and we'll talk more about that as, as we go. One thing that really stood out to me was in the pregame, they have like a, a closed circuit television situation where they go around and they, they'll show, I don't know, three or four seconds of a player warming up and then they'll flash their stats under it. And then they'll move and they'll go to a coach and they'll say, you know, coach such and such, third year in the program, uh, outside linebacker coach, this is where he came from. Like they give background. Then they did about a minute and a half video about the season for Florida State and how they've kind of gotten to where they are and then they go to the opposing team and they talk about their season and their struggles or their accomplishments and how they got to where they are i don't know how much of a project that would be but man we were we were so like entrenched i, I was so interested on in how florida state went from barely squeaking by lsu having that lull in the middle of the season where they lost three in a row and now they look like one of the best teams in college football but I think Josh, what what you're what you're hitting at here is that what we're missing is that Florida State is telling their fans this is who we are every time here, and and we don't do that. We like you said, don't take advantage of the fact that we're in a very similar situation. Cajun is our identity; it is our culture. But nobody has come to our fans or locals or natives or whatever you want to call them and say, "Hey, you know, here's what we want to do, and we want you to be a part of it." We just say, "Hey." We're giving out some T-shirts. Show up to the game. It's not going to work. And you're going to attract a certain group of people. But 
like for me, Seminole Nation is the gatekeeper of that culture. Who are the gatekeepers of our culture? I can think of a few names offhand, but I'd say Barry Ancelay is one of them. And Barry Ancelay is very involved with Codafil, the university. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Where's the relationship with the university athletics and and them? You know, Barry. Cotterfield, I mean, he's a damn professor. Them. That's correct. He's a you know, that, and, that's and correct. Zachary Richard. Zachary right? Richard's another one. That's another good one. He's another. I mean, there are so many names that you can bring up to help us do this. Yes, and my question is, and and maybe there is a, I don't know, a, a working relationship. I don't know what it is, but if he's not at the forefront of figuring out how do we engage, how do we go find those people that are really truly still in tune with the Cajun culture, like the like the original Cajuns, there's still a lot of that here. You know, you don't hear from them because they're happy. <laughs> they stay home, they cook, they have a couple of beers, they dance, they, they, they don't need, they don't need entertainment. They have it right at home. But we need to, we need to get those people and pull them into the, to the circle, pull them into and the And Josh, fold. before you move on, I just want to also point out that Barry Ancelay had a big part in the 30-minute documentary that the SEC Network ran on Scott, Louisiana and the Best Stop. So we got the SEC network engaging with who should be the leading person, you know, promoting our culture in the university to people on the SEC network talking about the best stop. But that just goes to show you, it goes to show you that the people across the basin, they know how to hijack a culture. They know how to hijack what makes money and what gets people connected to whatever they, you know, obviously it's their university and their athletic team, but People have emotional connections. That's how you get people to stick and stay, that emotional connection. The Seminoles do a great job of it. The school across the basin, it's all phony. It's franchisey. It's it's plastic. There's nothing Cajun about Baton Rouge. I've said that a million times. The culture that we want and we know that can work and, and get people back in the fold, it's here. It's literally the, our identity. It's literally where we live. It's literally who we are. We've got to do a better job and find a way now now that we've hit rock bottom with 7,000 people for senior day, now that we've come off of some of the, well, the, the, the obviously the most successful run in program history football-wise, and, and we had the struggles to get people in the stadium, it's time now. Use it as, as motivation. Use it as fire under your ass. It's time. Uh, and, and we got to get those people, but that was one of them. The closed circuit TV showing who we were, who they are, a little bit of the history of the season, and then that unconquered, you know, idea. It's a it's a word, but it's an idea. It's an identity for them. I thought it was so cool. It made me go look up why. It made me go look up where it came from. We got to be able to do that. There's so many things that we can offer to people that would kind of do the same thing. And I'm, I, I struggle to understand why we haven't done it yet. Why? Why is this? We- we started to Josh with the one and only Rage and Cajun. It's thing. the best thing we ever did, and I love it. I got chills every time that video hit the board, and I watched it every home game, and they played it in. I, that was the best marketing they had for our culture, tied to the university, tied to the athletic program, and we've not done anything since. Bring that back. That's easy. That is an easy win for the university. Seriously, I mean, just that one, that one campaign, the one and only. People respond to, I'm the one and only, I'm, I'm special, I'm unique. Got to remind them, remind Cajun people that they're unique and special. We got to do that. Stop playing Looney Tunes. Play something else. Play Keith Frank song. Jesus. Uh, JMV wants to know how the parking and concessions were at FSU. Easy, cheap, right around the stadium. Now, the stadium's on campus, so it's a little different than our situation, but I would say that we're superior with regard to real estate, being able to offer more access, easier parking, 
easier uh, transit around the stadium, it's easier. So it's in a wide open field, essentially, with concrete on it. But, but FSU figured out something a long time ago. You, have the, you give the students their own area, and you don't mess with them. And then you give the, the, the higher donors, the RV people, you, give them, you get them close to the stadium, you give it to them, you let them create a village out of it. You don't try to structure it the way you want to do it. You let them do it. Everything was clean. Everything was easy. Everything was structured. Uh, a, a great thing, I mentioned this in the, pro, the post game, but they have Chick-fil-A as their official sponsor. But they don't go out and serve the chicken nuggets and the, and the shakes and all the other stuff. They serve burgers. They, well, chicken sandwiches. It's a chicken sandwich and a fry. How, how hard would that be? Have we called any GM in this area to say, hey, would you guys want to sell some chicken sandwiches at the stadium? So throw us a few bucks for a sponsorship and then come sell sandwiches. I think people would, I think people would like that. Dude, they well they bring in. I know you know press box food. They're every press by every game sponsored by a different company, and they bring food. But not one of those places had. I mean, Jambalaya Shop was probably the only one that we had at the time, both in the stadium and in the press box. I mean, give those give those like like I like I suggested. We've got so much space on the north end zone. Put some food trucks out there. Make it an event. You know, in, in, in ideal world. All right, this is just me brainstorming, and this is, you know, bringing that culture inside of the stadium, making something inside the stadium raging and Cajun, right? That's something we talk about all the time. I would love to see on the north end zone, and I know everybody's going to get butthurt about the hill. I understand the importance of the hill. Make in the center of, of the concourse area where, I guess, like directly under the scoreboard, the main scoreboard, make it a bar. Make it a, just an open-air bar, just a center deal with a bar all the way around it, and behind that, pave all that in and let the food trucks just roll in and set up all around that in a semicircle. Why would that not work? And even better, you, you put some, um, some fencing on either side of that area so people can sit. You know, it's a bar area. Yes. And then if your kids are getting too annoying and they're rolling down the hill, just give them a sip of whiskey and they're good for the next two hours. I mean, seriously, it's that's how we do it around here. Even if we don't have the hill, do what LSU did. Go stick some, go stick some, uh, you know, playground uh, equipment in the in the corner somewhere. I mean, how how cheap is that? That's got to be cheaper than managing the hill. I guess it's, it's nothing now, but you can monetize the hill is my point I'm trying to make. I just thought Florida State overall did a great job. Andrew Thomas, I thought the man playing in the end zone during warm-ups right after UL was really cool and to me seemed intimidating. It was. It was really great. They all stacked. If, if anybody wasn't there or didn't see on TV, they stacked what was, I guess that would have been the south end zone. Uh, they had the band stacked probably, I don't know, eight deep or so. And while the Cajuns were warming up, they were playing. And, and it was cool. It was uh, The environment was Second to none. I, I just thought it was great. And we're Louisiana. We're a non-con game. We're late in the season. They're looking ahead to Florida. It still felt like big-time college football. So I'm going to give them my uh, – I mean, I've said it already. I think it was probably my favorite. If It's in the top three for sure of favorite road trips, especially from in-game experience. Yeah, and, and like you said, I, f- I feel like they're a lot like us because they're in the same situation. They're fighting, you know, for fans with uh, a school down the road, and they're – in in you know they've they've underperformed and feel like they can be better and they're finally turning the corner. But uh, like you said earlier, all of their fan interactions that I've had through social media has just been awesome. They've been really 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 nice. So uh, kudos to them. Yeah, they really have been great. Even when we tried to provoke them a little bit. And for people who didn't catch it, Nick 
Nick was on a show, uh, the Seminole Sideline Show, which, by the way, is hysterical. You really should go check it out. Just go back to a lot of stuff we posted last week. You'll find it. It's all over the place. And then I went on with Tomahawk Nation and did a probably about a 40-minute interview that was a little bit more detail-oriented, not necessarily fun, but um, I thought Nick represented Raging Review extremely well, and it was a, it was a fun listen. It was a better watch, though. Watching the, watching the stream live was really – I got a kick and out they, of it. And look, they even ask about Cayenne. Literally every other school we play is like, where's your mascot? And we st- – silence, like crickets. Like, we got to get something going, man, even if it's Cayenne. Give me the stupid Cayenne back. I don't care. Just give me something. We need something. People want it. Even other schools want it. I looked it up, and I, it, from what I found, it was eight schools in FBS don't have a, a mascot. Well, one of eight. I, I should tell you something. We're in the minority here, like extreme The one of, and only Raging Cajuns. Right. <laughs> no exactly. mascot. <laughs> so football, moving on to football, we could talk mascot stuff all day. Uh, ben Wooldridge, injured, ACL. We couldn't talk about it last week because – Several reasons. Uh, we thought that it might harm the game plan. I didn't want to get, you know, some ugly phone calls. I didn't want to get in trouble, so we tried to keep it close. Um, but it was a major part of the week. You saw Chandler come out and and start. It was funny because when he lined up at quarterback, <laughs> the PA announcer came over and said, at quarterback, number 18, Chandler Fields. And you could hear the people like, what? It, it was just, it was, it was very funny. Uh, you could tell that the fans had done their homework. That they were surprised. But you know, it's the third week in a row that they play a backup quarterback. Because Bruce was so excited about, hey, we finally get to have a starting quarterback. And I was like, yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> so He also was, made the comment about the offensive line being beat up for the last couple of weeks that they had played. And sure yeah. enough, we had to move Hudson to right guard and everybody was all over the place. So anyway, obviously, Wooldridge is a big part of our success for the last, what, six weeks, I suppose. Him not being in the lineup changed things in the first half, no question about it. I think that the team obviously was in flux, to say it nicely. I thought that they settled down and played well. We talked about in the postgame. Um, I'm more interested on what we think about the quarterback situation going forward. I personally think we can win with Chandler. I thought, really, in retrospect, if he played really well, if you go back and look at the numbers, they're not sterling. But again, I'll go back and say it. No picks. I think that's a big deal. He scored two touchdowns against a team that hasn't given up very many points over a month. I think we scored more points in two quarters than two P5 teams scored in two games. Uh, the, the guys made a point that uh, we, were, we would have beaten Miami because they couldn't muster a touchdown against Florida State, and that was with backups and the whole deal. I never want to be the sunshine pumper that says we won the second half after we gave up 35 in the first, so I'm not going to attempt to do that. I don't like that at all. However, you got to be able to take away some positives going into Texas State, and we'll talk about Texas State later, but I thought Chandler threw some nice deep balls, something that I thought he struggled with a little bit in the the first half of the season when he got his playing time. He was inconsistent. He did throw some good balls over the top, but there were a few that he – you know, we kind of underthrew. I think that he he needed to get the chemistry with the outside guys. You could tell that there was some improvement in the second half. So, I guess the the, the bigger question is is how do you feel going forward with Chandler at QB one, and and how much of Ben being out, you know, how how much does that impact the team? Maybe from an intangible standpoint. Uh, well, look, don't forget, like you said, he started the season as our starter. 
And and he lost the job because he one got injured and two we had we were riding the hot hand. So I don't think it's a matter of is he talented enough to to be our starting quarterback. No, uh, of course he is. He he's done it at the beginning of the season and he's coming in and he's doing it again. I think it does take some time to get that chemistry back. I think we that's one of the things that we saw between the first half and the second half. And, and look, you mentioned him overthrowing or underthrowing a couple of balls. Ben does the same thing when he's a quarterback. Uh, what I did like to see out of Chandler is he took off a couple times during that game, and so I like to see uh, I like to see him running a little bit. That that was good to see, and maybe can throw a kink in the plans uh, for Texas State next week. But yeah, I mean he's absolutely capable. He's a starting FBS quarterback. He was at the beginning of the season. He is now again, and uh, I, I my hope is that he comes out. From from the the first snap on uh, against Texas State uh, as being consistent and as being, uh, you know, taking care of the ball, protecting the ball, making because we're going to talk a little bit about Texas State. They've got a corner that has a few picks this season, so he's got to be smart with with getting the ball out. But uh, no, I think he is very capable for the rest of the season. And then we go into the offseason and guess what? We're talking quarterback controversy again. And who's going to start for us next year? So it's like uh, it's like the revolving door that we got going on again. I think that if you I mean, honestly, dude, if it's an ACL, depending on the severity of it, you're talking about a year. So we may not be having that conversation. It might be Chandler and Zeon battling it out. We don't know how much he's going to improve over the course of the offseason and the rest of this season or whatever, you know, um, I hope it doesn't take a year, but honestly, that's what we're looking at. And I, I don't know. I just, I hate, I hate it for Ben because I know what he went through. I know how hard he worked. I know, you know, all the things that had to align for him to get the opportunity. And then that happens on practice uh, on a practice Monday. That's just, that's brutal, man. That's, that's hard to overcome. I, I, I will be honest with you. I think that as I've said many times on this show, even when Chandler had won the job, I think it's very obvious that when Ben is in the game, there is an intangible, there is there is an extra bit of juice, whatever you want to call it, whatever cliche you want to use, they respond to him a little bit differently than they respond to Chandler. Not necessarily bad, it's just different. Whether that doesn't get the results that we want, I don't know yet, we'll see. I just think it's different, and I, I don't know. I don't know what that ultimately means for this season. I think we should beat Texas State, and again, we'll preview all that, and we'll give you all the reasons why we think that, but I think if you look at the rosters and you look at us on paper, we should win the game. Can we lose the game? Well, we lost to Rice and ULM. So, of course we can. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, it's yet to be seen. We have a lot to learn. Even in the next four quarters, we have a lot to learn about this quarterback situation and this football team. I hate to ask this question, but do we want to go play in a bowl? I think we do. But I've also seen teams that we've had here, they did not want to play in a bowl. They wanted the season to be over. They wanted to move on to the next thing. I'm not accusing these guys of that because they've shown many times this year that they could come back from a punch in the mouth. I think that they basically built their season on that. I've been impressed by that more than anything, really. So yet to be seen, yet to be seen. Well, I'll tell you what, if they came out in the second half against Florida State flat, then I would say, yeah, just just pack it up. But they didn't. They came out, they continued to fight. And and the like you said, I mean, look at the way Chris Smith reacted after to we lost to Troy. The dude wants to play and he wants to win. And I think we got a lot of guys who want to win. I think we want to send our seniors out on a on a strong note. And hell, playing in a bowl game for those guys, it's fun. I mean, you get free stuff. You get to go do some cool 
escape rooms and bowling and all these 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 crazy activities. So hell yeah, I want our guys to experience that because you know what? We're going to come back next year and hopefully be a little bit better and hopefully get into better bowls. So so experience it now, get a little taste of it. We have a senior class that's about to play in a bowl game, potentially, every year that they've been in college. I don't know if that's ever been done here. I don't think it has been. Um, that's pretty special. Not to mention, at the end of the day, you're a 20, 21, 22-year-old guy. It's a trip. It's a couple of extra practices, which is not necessarily that fun, but it's a trip. You get some free stuff. You get to hang out in a new city. I don't know, man. I know for a fact these guys love these bowl games because of all the perks and all the little things. I want to go to a bowl game. I want to go bowling. I don't want the season to be over. And selfishly, I need more content for Razor Review. So I really want to go bowling. I remember a couple years ago, well, the first, I think, New Orleans Bowl, they even gave up these Samsung tablets. And they were all pumped up about these tablets, and they just ended up being crap. And they ended up up hating everything they got from the New Orleans Bowl. But uh, it was still a lot of fun for those guys. They do got, I mean, there are a couple of plays. I think one year they, one bowl gave out like PS5s. That's right. Yep. I mean, just insane stuff that they're giving away at some of these bowl games. A lot of swag, all kinds of stuff. And then you get the That's cool trophy. Right. And I think they give, don't, do they get rings for bowl championships? I'm sure they do. I mean, you don't remember uh, Wingerter's wife had faux in a row. Oh, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of bowls, okay. We talked about having the opportunity to go to four in a row, which is something that, uh, I mean, if you want to count the HUD years that got removed, whatever, I guess it's been done before. But like on the ledger, this would be the first time. And, uh, I mean, this senior class has spent, we said all the names a couple of weeks ago, up and down the list, great player after great player after great player. So selfishly, uh, just for, just for my fandom, I want to see those guys go out on top. And then look, if you make it to a bowl, you get an opportunity to have a winning season. I want to have a winning season in Dez's first year. I mean, I, I just think that's so important to get, get the people that are doubting back in the fold. And look, I know you can't go back and redo the season and I know we can do things better, I feel like we've all learned a lot. I feel like Dez and his staff has learned a lot. Some of those bumps and bruises you have to have in order to improve and to, you know, evolve into the next season. So currently, the prognosticators have us beating Texas State, and many of the projections have us in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport against either Houston or UCF, which I got to be honest with you, both of those opponents would be awesome for us. I like both of those opportunities. Uh, so if it comes to fruition, I'm pretty fired up as a fan. And look, you got to take into account the fact that we also compete with recruits that are that are looking at Houston as well. So that's something that that you got to keep in mind. If we get the opportunity to play them in the bowl game and we win, that might sway some guys looking our way. So that that's why, to me, the bowl game is important. If we play UCF, I mean, I'm so sick of hearing about those guys. That one, they shouldn't be ranked, but we're let's not get into that. We're going to keep it about the Cajuns. No. In no G5 team with three losses is ranked ever. So that it's foolishness. Well, they've they've already got the P5 Power Five bias, and they're not even in the Power Five yet. Don't get me started. I'm going to go off the rails. But but regardless, like you said. We, we recruit North Louisiana heavily. We recruit, recruit Spring, Houston, South Houston, Katy, all that. We recruit that heavily as well. So there is no loss. And really, I don't know what kind of pipeline we have to Florida, but I'm happy to let Central Florida, South Florida, watch us beat UCF. Come play for the Cajuns. I don't know. I think it's a great opportunity. So 
the prognosticators have us playing in a bowl game. Um, I think it's hard to argue that we shouldn't win the game on Saturday, even if it is on the road. I think we're 9-0 and against Texas State. You know, some would call that a daddy situation. I, I, I would, personally. I don't think that that's too disrespectful. I mean, they can't beat us. They haven't ever beaten us. Is that jinx-worthy, Nick? Should I not say those things? Yeah, because, you know, again, we did it with Western Kentucky. We did it with Coastal. We seem to be everybody's first for something. I just, I don't want to be their first this year. I want to be their first, like, 10 years down the road when they're ranked, and maybe we can have that conversation. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Talking about Texas State, Texas State has that marquee win against App State in San Marcos. So, you know, they can play. They, they, they're a tough team at home. I think the majority of their wins have come in Texas. What do, we, what do we need to learn about Texas State? I don't know a ton. I know that they flipped their roster last year, and a lot of those guys are seniors this year. It's like half the roster. So they're older guys. A lot of them are portal guys or, you know, JC transfers or whatever. Uh, and then they ended up getting the Arkansas State guy, uh, Hatcher. Yep, Lane Hatcher. Lane, right. yeah. Latch, the, the whole Lane Hatcher saga at uh, Arkansas State, I never could understand. So the, all the guy did was win there. But he, him and Spavadol are a match made in heaven. It made, it made perfect sense immediately. I think they have, what, are they five, four wins or five wins? They are four and seven on the season. They they beat yeah. FIU, Houston Christian, formerly Baptist, App State, and Arkansas State last week on like a last second field goal. Gosh, App State, Lord have mercy. That that's gonna go down as one of the most bizarre losses I've ever seen. Well, this is gonna be go down as one of the most bizarre App State seasons you've ever seen because they go and beat Texas A and M and then they poo poo the bed the rest of the year. I mean, seriously, they just I don't know what happened. They just partied so hard that they destroyed the rest of their season. <laughs> what happened? But let's talk about that, Nick. Let's talk about Texas State and maybe educate everybody. I'm going to get an education because I'll be honest with you. I've seen them play a little bit because I always pay attention to any Western Division team, but I don't know. Obviously, they have some high highs and low lows. Yeah, it starts with Lane Hatcher. I mean, um, he's thrown for 2,500 yards, 19 touchdowns. He has thrown nine interceptions on the season, but he wants to spread the ball around and he's capable of doing that. They've got like 10 different receivers that they throw to at any given point in the game. So I, I think running wise, you're not going to have to worry about them running on us because they don't run the ball very well. They run for about three yards a carry as an average for a team. They've got some receivers that are undersized, 5'10", 5'11". They've got one guy who's 6'2", but they don't even throw to him a whole lot. Their leading receiver has 587 yards, seven TDs, and is all of 5'10". So they've got a lot of speed. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to make sure that we're containing them after the catch. We've got to limit the the yards after catch, and and if we do that, then I think we're gonna have some some success. Now defensively, they're 42nd in the nation, and they've got a very senior based starting defense, especially linebackers. They're all seniors. Cornerbacks, I think they're they're seniors and juniors. Their their whole line is is loaded with seniors. So um, they've got a good defense and. Again, I think the key is going to be stopping them in the in the passing game because their running game, three yards a carry, not impressive. Um, don't let them, you know, get some freak, open up a freak hole and and go for 75 yards, right? Give them a little bit of confidence on the ground. We want to make sure that that we limit their yards. Uh, after catch, we we limit them on the ground. Um, special teams aren't that special for them. They they've not had one, I mean, any really impressive kickoff or or, or punt return this season. They average, I think their longest was like 20 yards uh, off of a punt return. So 
I think if we if we play, if if we come in, take care of business. I think if Chandler is able to roll out, make accurate passes, if he's able to check down if receivers aren't open, I think if we limit their passing attack, don't turn the ball over because again, there there's one of their their corners uh, that has five or six interceptions this season. Wow. If we limit that, then then I think we're gonna we're gonna have some success. Now, if we come out and and we go three and out, three and out, three and out, punt, punt, punt. And you, you open the door for Texas State to, to say, OK, well, maybe maybe we're in this, you know, at half we're down 10 seven, but we still have the opportunity. Then I think you you start worrying a little bit. But I think if Chandler comes out fast, I think if we're able to contain their their passing game, then I think it'll it'll be a good game for the for the good guys next weekend. Seniority matters to me more than a lot of things. We, we don't spend enough time talking about it. Uh, the the been there done that thing matters a lot and six interceptions in a season is pretty impressive so that'll what was his name again uh let's see there's one Cordell Rogers I'm sorry he didn't have six he had four interceptions on the season four. but I mean still impressive from one sure. from one guy he has four of their their nine interceptions on the season okay wow I guess any any health concerns for them anybody that contributed a lot that we should expect not to see or anybody that we would recognize their name at least. Not that I'm aware of. I haven't seen their depth chart because it's only Tuesday. Right. So that comes out uh, probably tomorrow or Thursday. But um, from, from what I'm understanding, there were no significant injuries unless I missed something at Arkansas or hosting Arkansas state last weekend. So, uh, so no, I think they'll have their, uh, their full slot of players. Available. And Michael released our depth chart Friday in the middle of the night where nobody sees it, so we can't talk about it. Uh, but I don't think we have any significant injuries. Um, I don't know if Jax is healthy. I know Rubio was out. Rubio Is, is Rubio no, back? I don't think he's going to play. Uh, that's okay. just some rumors I've heard. So I, that, nothing official on that. Don't quote me on it. But I don't – I don't. I think we're going to be kind of one hand tied behind our back on the offensive line. Outside of that, I don't know how healthy Moncrief is. I know he was kind of in and out in this last game and got hurt the, year, the, the game before it. Hopefully he's good. Uh, other than man, I can't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But look, we're playing for bowl eligibility. They're playing for pride, and they're tired of getting beat by the Cajuns. You know, I know Spavital's tired of getting beat by the Cajuns, and <laughs> Daryl Lonklo has a great point there. He asked if uh, you think we're still they're still mad that we let the homecoming king run up to score. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. That was great. Uh, but no, I they probably are still mad about that. And I guess that James wants us to let everybody know that the Cajuns have gone. They were down by 10 just a few minutes ago. Cajuns basketball has pulled within three of SMU on the road. So I guess we'll keep you abreast. 9.24 left. I am watching the Look game. At Nick. I know I'm being Look a at Nick smart being ass, a good but... fan. Look at that. This is why. This is why. I mean, it's a perfect example. We can't quit. We can't quit it. So, uh, Texas State... Don't know how formidable they're going to be, but they are next on the on the schedule. Travel updates. I know this. San Marcos is probably the best travel in the Western Division. I think it's the best travel destination. It's just it's a great city, clean city. There's a ton of do, a ton to do. The enrollment at Texas State is outrageous. It's a ton of people, so they have they have a vibrant little uh, college town vibe. I really like going to San Marcos. You can do well. You can't do it in November, but the river's cool. Uh, they've got a lot of places to hang out. So if you are considering going to San Marcos, I highly, highly recommend. Uh, some of the some of my friends skipped out on the Florida State game 
to go to San Marcos. That's how much they thought of that place. So uh, if you guys want some information on that, reach out. We'll, we'll give you everything you need. What's nice is that you have a Texas state and you have a Texas and you have a Texas A&M and you have a Texas Southern. You have all these schools that are supported. By the way, they have multiple flagships in the state of Texas. And nobody's coming to Texas State and going, well, you're technically Texas State San Marcos, and you're not. And 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 there's none of that in the state. And it's nice that 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 government officials support all the schools. And the ones that graduated from those schools are on Twitter congratulating Texas State last weekend on a win. Uh, it's it's refreshing to live in a state where where you know higher education. Schools aren't aren't fighting against each other. They're trying to prop each other up. Now, I get I guess fans definitely, you know, Texas fans don't like AM fans and, and vice versa. But it's nice to have a Texas state in the Sun Belt that is respected among their peers in the state of Texas. Very refreshing. Imagine that. Supporting all institutions, not just a few. Amazing. Anyway, we had uh something happen this past week. Coach Ray Blanco passed on. Obviously, everybody knows who that is around this area. Nick can probably tell some stories, I would imagine. Uh, I I reserve this topic for Jerry, who obviously uh, had some boomer device issues. That was going to be his thing because I know how, uh, you know, he had many connections to those folks. And it's unfortunate he did a lot and was well known around these areas, uh, this area and these parts. So RIP to coach. Look, he, he was a legendary character. In the university, he was a mainstay. He was one of those guys that was always around and you thought would always be around. That the thought of him not being associated with UL or, or you know, alive was just like, no, coach will always be there. Uh, so uh, I don't really have any any great stories about him other than when uh, Kathleen was in office, we played LSU and there was a very big... Uh, uprising in Baton Rouge because how dare the governor use the governor's mansion to host a USL or UL party, whatever we're at the time, a UL party at the governor's mansion. How dare she? We're the, we're the flagship, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and and our boy just told him to pretty much, um, you know, F off. So that was, uh, that. that. (laughs) that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, he's, he's a very, uh, dynamic personality. He was uh, definitely a player in, in Louisiana politics, and uh, you know, thoughts go out to his his family on his passing. Uh, this yeah, week. well said. Uh, that's a good way to put it. He was somebody you don't forget. That's you cross paths with Coach Blanco, you remember. So I wanted to say that, and I know Jerry probably has two or three stories, and maybe we'll do a revisionist uh, a, a revisionist pod and let him tell a couple of them because I know his dad and Coach Blanco headed out a couple times, so that'll be fun to hear. Moving on, though, everybody's kind of got their eye on the World Cup right now, so I want to do a couple quick hits on that this evening. Obviously, the men, the, the United States men drew with Wales on Monday after looking absolutely spectacular in the first half of the game, or half of the match. They come out in the second portion of the match, and they just totally lay down and pretty much got dominated. I, don't, I can't recall a single thing in the second half that I could talk about that was positive. And then you got... Uh, it was Zim- was it Zimmerman that fouled the guy in the box and Bale buried one upper ninety. That was just yeah. The one guy kicked the ball and, and it went into the goal, and the other guy kicked the ball and it went into the goal. That's about that's all got I got, it. man. Understand? 
Well, but go, hey, go USA. Hey, uh, well, I'll watch every, I'll watch every match pol- from here on out. Ballistic was terrible. Tim Way was amazing. Uh, we had a couple of guys really show up. I don't want to get too far into the weeds because I know this is not really the audience, but they, they were, they represented us well. Even though they tied Wales, it's a, it's a decent result. We've got England on Friday, who probably is the most talented team in the tournament uh, of all the 32 clubs. Going to be interesting. Going to be something to watch. So my question is, if we we move on as long as we beat Iran later, right? Is that is that like the top two? The the top two clubs advance to the round of 16. So we don't necessarily have to win the group. We just have to get out of the group and get top two. Gotcha. I I think that we need to draw on Friday to be able to get out of it. I think we're going to beat Iran. I don't know, but I don't want to have to rely on that. And then also goal differential starts to come into play depending on how many ties there that there are there will be. So we'll see. It's not a terrible result. After the first half that you played, you wanted to get that victory. We didn't do it. We needed the three points. We didn't get it. We didn't lose, but we gave ourselves an opportunity to get out of the group. Shocker last night, Argentina falls to Saudi Arabia two to one in the dead of night. If you're a conspiracy type, I mean, I'm happy to let it fly. Messi looked terrible. Now, we'll say the two strikes on goal from Saudi Arabia were basically perfect, and they had to be, and they were. It was, it was really cool. It, it really was uh, some good stuff. I watched the highlights this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm, big, I'm a big World Cup guy, so I'm going to try to sprinkle this stuff in, but I won't be too overwhelming with it. We'll, we'll keep it light and, and brisk so we don't lose the audience. I will say that referee pissed me off because he was giving us yellow cards on, on like sneezing on a guy and terrible. then they're like tackling our guys and nothing. And then at the end they would, they would go down. I mean, I guess they were cramping up or faking it. I don't know. I guess they were just trying to get out there with the draw. So that all the, all the whales guys were falling and then our guy gets legitimately hit and goes down and they're like, Oh no, we got to keep playing. We're not going to stop that guy. I hope we never see him again. It was, it was infuriating. Andrew Thomas said Zimmerman played well most of the match. Look, I, I like I get that, but why are you putting in like okay? So I like the Arison sub. The Arison sub was fine. Why are you putting in Morris right there? Where's Geo? And I know that's easy. Everybody's kind of talking about that. You know, Geo didn't get put in. Why are you going Morris there? Are we saving him for England? I I, I just don't understand that. And I know he's he's Morris has scored a couple of big goals in in some qualifiers, and I get all that stuff. But he's not really a good player. You got the MLS guys going in there after we had after Wales got it level. We got MLS guys going in there down the stretch. It, we look tired. We look worn out. I don't know, man. I think GGG kind of screwed it up there. That's my take on it. I still think that it, that Argentina game is a mind blower. I watched the Tunisia Denmark game this morning. Denmark is a powerhouse and. Tunisia looked scrappy as hell. I mean, I wouldn't, I do not want America to play Tunisia. They were scrappy as hell. And honestly, they got they got unlucky with that very first offside call. It was it was tough. But uh anyway, I guess we'll move on. I see a lot of people saying, soccer, what are we doing here? Oh gosh, uh, soccer. Don't <laughs> please don't holler at me. It's a it's a, the entire world is talking about this right now. Give me a break. We gotta cover it. You know, this is what you guys come here for. Raising review all over the place, worldwide. Come on. Mexico, Mexico versus Polonia. That was uh, that was interesting. And and leave it to El Tree to freaking tie them. It was very entertaining. It was an entertaining game. I agree with you, Andrew. You're speaking foreign languages to me. Like I said, two guys kicked the ball into the goal, and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. that's all I Nick's got. Like hooray sports. All right. <laughs> so uh, moving on to Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving this week. 
Uh, I figured we have a little fun with it. I've, I'm already on record for like, I think it was like season two or season three where I got absolutely roasted for saying that Thanksgiving was the dumbest holiday that we celebrate. I, I, I'm not ever going to walk that back. I like if the, if, if the, <laughs> if the marquee moment of the holiday is the meat sweats, I'm really not interested. So <laughs> I just, I'm not a huge Thanksgiving guy. But we have a question up there, and we're actually going to do a poll on this on the Raging Review account. I thought it was interesting to uh, to ask Nick, and I was going to ask Jerry, but, you know, whatever's going on. Uh, what is something that you cannot do without? What is something that you absolutely have to have on the dinner table, on the lunch table, whatever, for Thanksgiving? And uh, you can go up to three. We'll do three. And then I have, I have a bonus question after the three things that you absolutely have to have. Nick. Three things that must be on the table are it is it is not Thanksgiving. All right, we're talking fried turkey, not that not that smoke crap. So that was the, the bonus question. Turkey. Let's start with the bonus question. Okay, how do you have to have the turkey done? Obviously, you're uh, deep fried. There you go, fried. That's the only way to do it. So I agree. I don't like turkey. I don't like the way it tastes. The best ones I've ever had was a severely Cajun injected turkey, like three times deep fried. And if you know how to do it... So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you know how to do it, it's about as good... I mean, it tastes like chicken thighs. Basically what it tastes like. But uh, Now they're boiling them in crawfish boil or something. I don't know. I don't get all yeah, that. I just want the fried turkey. There's definitely an art to it. But now they have those, like... I don't know what the hell they are. There's some kind of a, a deep frying machine just for turkeys. They kind of look like the, oh, yeah. the egg. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the best I've ever had. It's not even close. It's not even close. So we we agree that it's deep fried. Yes, hundred percent. Commenters are hollering at us. Let's see, fried turkey mac. Okay, all right. We're going sides right. though. What do you got to have as a side? It can be like a in between side also. Like a lot of people have to have the the Coca Cola spiral ham, right? Okay. No, I'm gonna say you gotta have number two is my mom's mac and cheese. Not that craft Velveeta crap, but the real one that she bakes and has a little crust on top, and that shawls is is that's on point. And the third one is rice dressing. You can have your 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 cornbread dressing, but you got to have your mama's rice dressing where it's all like, ah, man, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. So those are the two things that you got to have with your fried turkey, and I think we good. Yeah, so I got to put a little thought into this because I don't know, man. Like, I, I can't really tell you. If you ain't got one, we could we could do... We could do the opposite. We could say, "What's your least favorite side?" I'll do both at Thanksgiving. I'll do both. I'm happy to do both because okay, because uh, I got a least favorite side. The too. stuff that we eat at Thanksgiving is ridiculous. It's like you only eat it because you think you're supposed to do it, and it's not good. But I'll do my first. You gotta have you gotta have uh, dressing. The stuff dressing, right? A cornbread cornbread dressing. dressing. Sorry, I could cornbread dressing. <laughs> stuff dressing. But people dry it out too damn much. So what I do is I'll take the gravy and throw it over that, and it helps. So you got to have that. I like the rice dressing, but it's got to be a livery rice dressing. Are we agreement in agreement on that? 100%. You can get the Savoy's mix, yes. too, that has a liver and Charles it's in it. It's good. You put that in. It's really good. Good stuff. But, you know, these people bring in the, you know, they have the rice dressing, and it's, it's, it's ground meat, green onions. That's not rice dressing. Folks, step it up. Cajun country. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so That's some rice and loose meat. That's not rice dressing. No. Yes, exactly. That's something that you put together. It's like potluck. So, and then ah, shit, number three, you got to have some kind of potato, something extra cheese, extra milk. So, you know, probably have a stomachache for a week, but whatever, got to have it. But I'm interested. No, the better question is, what do you not like? That is actually a better question. That's, that's good thinking on your part. 
So there are two, all right? And they're they're real close. But the runner-up to my least favorite is green bean casserole. I'm not eating that crap. They put the little the fried onions. I'd, I'll eat that on, probably just pick that off, but I ain't eating green The only bean reason casserole. people eat that is because of who brings it. So if it's like your grandma, you feel bad if you don't eat it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you have to eat it. You have to brings it, you got to eat it. And, and you will get shamed one, if you don't. The least favorite, which I don't understand why anybody thinks this is good, but these candied yams with like the marshmallows in it is about the most unappealing looking gelatinous shawls that I've ever seen. No, who wants to eat that? Why do people eat that? That doesn't make sense to me. That's like diabetic coma in a scoop. Like, no, it reminds I'd me, rather eat some ice cream. You remember when we were in school, how they'd have like the, uh, the fruit cup and then they'd have the yam cup and it would just yeah. be like canned yams with some shit on it. <laughs> Like, what is this? I'm not going to eat this. And why are you putting marshmallows? Like, you're not going to go into a diabetic coma just from the the tons of sugar and, and caro syrup and all that that you put on top of the yams. No, we got to we gotta fatten you up a little bit more by putting marshmallows of all things. Yes. That's just awful. I, I don't get it. I never did. What are people did. thinking? I never did it. I, no, I do like a good baked sweet potato. Throw a little cinnamon on that. I like that. I can do that. But the candy. But you ain't putting marshmallows on hell it. Hell no. These people putting syrup, cane, Stephen cane syrup on it. Have you seen this? No. I want to talk about a diabetic coma. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. So those are your two. My two, uh, my number one is every single time you go to the grocery store, you pass right by this and you wouldn't even think about buying it or eating it. But at Thanksgiving, you have to have it. Cranberry out of a can. What are we doing here? Why, why are we eating this? You would never buy that. To, to feed your family at home. But for Thanksgiving, we're going to do this? I don't understand that. I never have. I don't get it at all. I, I think they just think it's pretty. Like, we're going to add some color. Here's some purple. But, but would you eat... <laughs> to go by the candy Would yams, you eat the you green know? garnish around the turkey? Of course you wouldn't. Just people have to eat this cranberry. And some people get irate if you don't have the cranberry. And if it's not diced up on some sort of a plate, people get upset. I, I never understood that. I agree with you on the... Uh, on the green bean casserole, and y'all are going to crush me on this, but I don't care. Turduckins are disgusting. I've never had one, so I can't oh, judge you. Oh, shit. Well, turduckins. I have had a turkey roll, and I don't mind the turkey roll, but it's usually with onions or boudin or something good. First of all. I don't want a duck or a chicken and a turkey. Like I'm, I want the turkey to taste the turkey. One of the three would be fine. And then they stuff it with yeah. all kind of stuff, and they cost $100. They're $100. Yeah. Every year, somebody has a turducken, and y'all all know what I'm talking about, so don't pretend like you don't. You get there, and you have the option of the ham, the turkey, and then the turducken. Nobody eats the damn turducken. Nobody does. You know, and if they do it, again, it's out of obligation. I don't understand the turducken thing. I think people just like to say turducken. Yo, we got a turducken. I think so. Yeah, my neighbors here in Texas are all obsessed with turducken, and I'm like, have you, have you ever had it? No. <laughs> That's exactly my point. That's exactly what I'm saying. Nobody that has John had a turducken thinks it tastes good. It's because John Madden liked it like in 1988 <laughs> when he was in New Orleans calling the football game, and now everybody got to have it. They actually had a special on, uh, I think it was the Sunday night broadcast. No, it was, yeah, I think it was a Sunday night broadcast about 1996. Madden pulls out the turducken at a Saints game, and all of a sudden the explosion of turduckens happened. You know, just because John Madden had it on television. It's not good, folks. Why are we spending $100 on this? It doesn't feed anybody anyway. You ever seen these things? They're like this big. They're not even that big. I don't know. 
James is still giving a score update. Okay, 62 all men's basketball against SMU in Dallas. But yeah, Turducken, gross. So I'm going to go Turducken Cranberry. That's going to be my answer. <laughs> I don't understand how that even became like a Thanksgiving thing. Like, Who thought that canned cranberry? Hey, that's a hell of a seller right there. That, that's big. That's big ticket item. But it's everywhere. It's every can't whatever whatever big cranberry is. They they make all their money in one week. There's no question because nobody's buying that outside of Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, they're making cranberry juice. I'll drink cranberry juice. That's some good stuff. But canned cranberry, and it's like that's great value. Cool. So it's not even cranberry. Probably who knows? I'm getting inundated with men's basketball, folks. Have you not listened <laughs> to our stance on this? <laughs> I wonder what happened to Jerry. You want to you want to tell the Jerry? I really kind of do. <laughs> well, I think we should because everybody's wondering. I can tell they're all on pins and needles, wondering where Jerry's at. So you guys, you know, we're sticklers for our uh, volumes and our sound quality and everything. We're we're big on that. Well, it's been kind of outrageous the last couple of weeks because we've had some moving parts and and, and everything. Well, Jerry's using a mic that has uh, the. the Software has a, a an app that pairs with the mic. It's a USB mic. It's called the the uh, Yeti Blue. I've used it before, and I have the app on my uh, MacBook Pro. So I tell Jerry, Jerry, you need to get this app because it, it helps you with your volumes. You can set your your gain and everything. It all makes sense. It's easier to control because I'm sick and damn tired of spending four hours editing volume. All right, it just takes too damn long. So and Jerry can sound either like this <laughs> one minute. And then like this and next. There's no in between with Jerry. Yeah. No, I know. So we do that. And I tell him, here's, you know, go search for this in the app store. Well, this is not going to surprise anybody. Jerry downloads this. It's called the Sherpa app. So he downloads, he downloads this app. And within minutes, he sends a group message saying, my computer has shut down. <laughs> then he starts sending screenshots of a black screen and a blue screen and... <laughs> The boot screen and diagnostic screen and file not red screen. BIOS at one point. <laughs> so he says, uh, I said, Jerry, look, watch these videos. It kind of walks you through with, you know, it's an HP product. Oh, yeah. By the way, the best part of the story. You know how we always make fun of Jerry and his boomer internet. Well, he sends a picture of his laptop. Unbeknownst to us, he's using something called an Omen laptop. <laughs> Apparently, it's, well, that was an omen in itself. Yeah, <laughs> that is going to shut down at some point. So I tell him, I said, well, we found this is the origin of all our problems. Literally, all of our problems is because you literally have a knockoff HP product. Oh, no, no. It's definitely the app link. Definitely the app link. And it could be both. Honestly, he probably he probably tried to download it off of some bootleg account. It's it's probably both true. Anyway, he takes it to uh to the Geek Squad before the show. He actually loaded up his he loaded up his computer and took it to Geek Squad. Uh. <laughs> and we've not heard from him since so who knows, who knows what happened at the geek squad we sent him a link and we said look man join on your phone he said uh, i'll do my best jerry may have been kidnapped i want to call Best kayla Buy. yeah let's ch- let's check with kayla see if he's made it home we should get kayla on the show to tell us the backstory of how that all went down i think we should get kayla just to tell us all the good stuff I bet she has stories if we think he's a boomer. That's a six-hour episode, buddy. <laughs> Let's see. James has just said we have a tie ball game with 24 seconds remaining. I guess we should stick it out to see if we win. 
Well, here's the deal. The we, right we, were, we were up by three. Then we can go and try to get an easy layup. Instead, we do this thing where we're passing and we're trying to shoot for three and all this stuff. Turn the ball over. Comes back the other way. He, he lay up and then fouls him. And now we're tied. I mean, come on, man. This is what Some things never change. You know, look, I hope they win. I really do. And this is this has I do too. I, hey, look, it is impossible anybody, I, for me to root against the Cajuns. I can't do it. it. Well, not only that, but also the players that that are here representing our university. That's not why exactly. That's not why we do what we our do. Our bone to pick is is at a different level, and I think oh, you want to get some. You want, we're going to sit here and talk men's basketball, whatever. Jerry, this is what you get for not showing up. Um, I think Lewis. I think Lewis is a fantastic complimentary piece to Jordan Brown. Honestly, dude, every time I watch them play, and yes, I do watch them play, I think that that Lewis is your he's a junkyard dog glue type guy. He gets every rebound that's loose. He he's aggressive. He he rubs off on the other players. I think he's good. I like the uh folks guy. I think Thomas looks like he's better, feels better in that I assume they're gonna use him in that backup point guard role. That's where I've seen him. But I think that uh no, if Dalcourt's gonna make threes. And Lewis is going to be that player every game, and we're going to get some point guard play. They're going to be hard to beat, no matter who they play. Honestly, I think their RPI, Nick, this is true. I think their RPI is like eleven right now. Have you seen? I'm going to look it up while we finish this game out. Yeah, but I mean that's that's very misleading. Hey, obviously, can you pull the game? Can you pull the game up in a third window? I can, but then we'd be violating streaming rights, so I can't do that on here. Oh, damn. I guess that's a good point, but you know, hey, I want him to win, man. Honestly, uh, you can talk about Bob Marlin all you want. You can talk about bringing him back all you want. At the end of the day, I just want to win. I can't root against the Cajuns. I never will be able to. Well, I think that's when we were talking about this at the end of last season, Josh. It's it's the predicament that I was fearing is that we want the players to win. We want our school to be successful. We want our program to be successful, but at the same time you're not confident in the direction that the program is going. So it puts you in a weird, it's kind of like I I gave you the example. It's almost like hoping for the the first round draft pick in the NFL. You don't want to lose, but then if you do lose, you're like, oh, well, maybe things will get better for us next year. So I hate that they put us in in this position. As a fan and a supporter, I I, I don't want to be in this position. And we said it last year, if it's going to be Marlon, Get the messaging right. And I put it on Brian. I mean, I like Brian. I think he does so many great things for the university. Get the messaging right. Talk to the fans. Tell them what they're doing. What is the plan? How did Marlon deserve this opportunity? Did you see enough in the end of the season where you thought that keeping the core and the coaches together was your best chance for success in this season? That would have been a great starting point. But instead, we got crickets. And yeah, they started out 4-0 this year, which is great. I never want to see them lose. But in the back of your mind, every single fan thinks the same thing. Are we going to get this for the next however many years? Is that is that what we're headed for? Because again, I'll say it again, you take away his best year, you take away his worst year, it's pretty average. Well, I'll tell you where we're heading. And that's to OT. overtime unless there's some kind of miracle. We got 2.3 seconds on the clock. All right, so I'll turn it on. We just, again, squandered another possession. Uh, James just said oh, Lewis we went we stole out. that ball. Holy cow. They they had a chance to win it right there, dude. They stole the uh, the inbounds pass and almost had a chance to put it up, but he was off balance, so we're going to OT. Well, damn. 
Uh, James just said Lewis went out with an injury. That is not good. No. Every time that he's on the screen, he stands out. And not necessarily because he's scoring. It's his attitude. It's his the way he plays. Again, that junkyard dog mentality, whatever it takes. I like him a whole lot. He also is scary looking. He's probably intimidating. Jordan Brown is a great player. He's got great skill. But he ain't intimidating anybody. I don't think. I mean, that's just what I see when I watch him play. And by the way, was La Tech any good? Are they going to be good? Were they picked to be good? I don't know anything about the team. La Tech is always a solid team sure. in season, during the regular season, and then they just cannot They're boo- win. They're boo-boo in the postseason, always. Yeah, they're terrible. So Just like in every other There's sport. the answer to that. They're, they're going to have a solid regular season again, but... Just make the dance, Bob. You want look, you want to I'll support you. Just make the damn dance. You know, when I don't care. Just make just make the dance. I won't say a thing. You can shut me up. Just make the You dance. are lying. You will still talk. <laughs> I know you, Josh. Hey, we're in game five. <laughs> what have I said so far? Yeah, this is true. This is true. Joe said the turds blew out the Warhawks, but how good are the I mean, what is Richard doing in you at ULM? I, I like him. I think he's a good coach, but does he have players? Is are they gonna be any good? Do you ever feel bad for ULM? I do sometimes, kind of. Because I feel like they have just no support from even their own administration. I feel like they're they're almost where we were as an athletic program in 1982. This is the thing about ULM. Went up there, uh, Hood's, I think it was 13 year, when they had Browning and they had an opportunity to go to that bowl. I was actually impressed with the tailgating. We had a good time. But I expected a, a lively crowd, a good time. We walk into the stadium. Cajun fans damn near outnumber the crowd. And, and I, at that moment, I was like, they just can't. They can't compete. Like, they're never going to. They just don't have it. They don't have the support. And obviously, Monroe's not a big town. Even the people that, that go there, they're, they're just to, to get an education. The majority of them are from around there, and they... Hunt and fish, and the other ones go to pharmacy school. <laughs> Joe said, "Alone stadium." It's true. It's, it's it's the greatest Malone Stadium. Alone stadium is it's just a great it's a great way to put it. There's nobody there ever. I will never forget when we went up there. Gosh, I mean Scott Hawkins. What year was Scott Hawkins still playing for us? Shoot, that was is Judd was playing for us. I was right out of school. I mean 09? that was yeah, that was that was twenty nine, oh eight, oh nine, something like that. And we went up there, and it was the last, I think, weekend of the series. My brother was obviously coaching still with them. And we go up there, and we got swept to give, I think, ULM the the conference championship that year. And that was so disgusting feeling. I don't think we lost another series to them since. I mean, that was was like, that is not going to ever happen again. And we beat them like 14, 15 times in a row or something stupid. 30 times in a row. It was 29, 29 or 30 times in a row. Something outrageous. And we hadn't lost a series to them. We we did lose a series to them a a year before last, right? Two out of three, I'm pretty sure, at the Teague. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Rock bottom. But no, we had... But that wasn't under Rose watch because he would never have he was like determined that would never happen again. And we went back up there a couple years later and and beat them for the, the championship in their stadium. So that was a a little rewarding. And Andrew Thomas says they had the best damn turkey legs I'd ever had. You got people walking around with whole turkey legs like it's uh the sword and the stone. But they ran out of beer. So we got they ran there. out of beer. 
the, the time I'm talking about, they ran out of beer and people literally got in pickup trucks and went to the store to get beer, to put in the ice chest for the, I was like, man, this is like, I feel like I'm back at Karen Crow High. I do hate that stadium, man. It's so weird. Have you been many, there? Many, many times. For the baseball? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just so weird how you're like so elevated and looking down and like, uh, uh, you know, foul balls that typically just go over the fans catch them or whatever. Well, if you, if a foul ball goes over the backstop, you're getting mean <laughs> they don't because have the, like it's coming yep. down at, you don't have the chance to try to catch it because it's just coming right back at you. That was weird. No. Nah. And also they didn't. So we got there like three hours before the game. Colleen, Rob's wife, Colleen, and there, and I think Ott was there and his friend. We were all sitting. And it was like three hours. We got there before the gates even opened. So we're sitting there and we sit in the middle section, right? Which is reserved. I mean, they only have 10 fans. So what does it matter? So we're sitting in the reserve section watching BP because we want to see the players hit from behind the, the screen. Three, pe- three different people came up to us and told us we had to move. Not like well, first one came up and said, this is reserve seating. You're going to have to move. We said, yes, we're we get it, you know, but three hours before. So we just kind of shoot them off. So then somebody comes say, hey, but hey, you're going to need to move. Yes, we understand. Somebody just told us. And then somebody came back a third time with an officer telling we had to move and the gates weren't even open yet. Who's going to sit in those seats? We're aware that we can't sit here. However, there are also nobody We here. know. We don't there want to sit nobody. there. There are no fans <laughs> and here. And guess what? Nobody sat in that section the entire game. There's uh, 103 to go, 72-71. We're down by one. Well. Timeout called, and now it'll take 30 minutes to finish one minute. So over under the odds of Jay getting on Raging Pageant and telling everybody they're idiots after we win this game. Uh, over under the chances, I should say. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, 66%. I'm not touching that question with a 10-foot pole, my friend. That is your battle of fight, hey, not mine. <laughs> I wish Jay would get on Raging Page and his pick fights with fans. It's the best thing on Raging Page when it happens. We should get James to come on and give us play-by-play. James, come and tell us what's happening. And Poo Poo Bruce yeah, you voice, have to do it. You have to do it in, in Poo Poo's voice, absolutely. That would be hilarious. <laughs> How funny. But that, should be a, that should be a regular bit. But you know it would be great because, like... Um, ESPN and all these broadcasters have ESPN Deportes. <laughs> we should have Rage and Review poo poo version, you know? <laughs> just he just does play by play as poo poo for Review every on game. France. <laughs> that really would be funny. It would be get it would get a it would get a national following. Score predictions. That's a good one, Josh. What do you think? Score predictions? Weekend? Um, right. Okay. Score prediction. I'll go score prediction. Right. Well, what's the um, spread? Do you know the spread? Let's start with that. No, I don't, but I'll look it up real quick. What do you think it is? That's a fun thing. Um, I would say, I would say we're probably favored by six. Are they going to make I'm it something guess, stupid like 6.5? I was actually thinking six, six and a hook would be fine. I, I think we're going to be, it's on the road. So minus three. So six makes sense. That's about a double digit. No. Wow. Oh no, it's basketball. Excuse me. Was it six? <laughs> it was one. The Cajuns were actually uh, one and a half point underdogs tonight. Gotcha. SMU. And they're up by one. So Cajuns five point favorite in San Marcos. Five point favorite. Interesting. Well done. Well, good guess. Make yeah, good I figured it would be something Nick. weird. These games are, are like it's not going to be six. It's like five point five or five. You know. But no, as far as a prediction, I, I think that uh, 
it really depends on how locked in Chandler is. I think we can score a lot of points on this team. I think our defense is going to have a bounce back. As long you as Moncrief is healthy. But they still have a good defense. Like they're they're ranked higher in total defense than we are. That's what worries me a little bit. Wow, that is kind of worrisome. I just feel like it's going to be type. Uh, you know how every time we play Texas State, it feels like a shootout type game. That's yep. bad at all. I don't know. Is this his last year? I don't know, man. I mean, you got to figure like the it, guy. He just can't like win it. there. But they've also gone. They've they've changed presidents. They've changed athletic directors. He's overturned the entire roster. He's got a win against App State. That's the biggest win in Texas State history. But how so do you not fire? win at a school? That's what I don't understand. Like, how do you their, not their win at a school? resources are outrageous. Yep. I just don't understand. Like My gut <sighs> says they give him one more year. I think he gets this one is, more year. This is year four, year three for him. I think it's year four, I think huh? This is, I think this is three. Whatever. 70 nothing. Doug Edwards is predicting. That's a good prediction. I like that. I will buy you. I will buy you a week's worth of uh, old time grocery if it's seventy nothing. You write that down. Damn. That's I mean, he's a college it. kid. That's that's a lot. I mean, honestly, you free some of that, you can make it the rest of your college career. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one point eight left. We're still up by two, going to the free throw line. Hopefully, oh, we don't miss again. All right, so talk to me about SMU. I know SMU has been good under uh, Larry Brown. Is he still there? You're talking basketball and nothing. I'm, it, I have Same. no idea. Larry Brown had gone to SMU for a while. He They were top 25 a uh, couple years in a row. But I think he's gone. So I'm, I'm just curious to where they are. I, I, I guess I could look it up and stop asking. They came in two and two down. on the season. Rob Lane, Lanier is the head coach. Former basketball player? But yeah, they were two if, and two on the season. I don't know. If, if their losses are to Duke and North Carolina, we got something to talk about here. Right. Yeah, their two losses are at Dayton and they hosted New Mexico and lost 84-63. At Dayton is a respectable loss. I don't know how good New Mexico is this year. Yeah. But the only wins they have so far this season are at versus Paul Quinn. Well, that was an exhibition. Texas AM Commerce, they won, and then they beat uh, Evett. Evansville? Never heard of him. We played Evansville in oh, we did. one of the CBI or CITs a while back. And they were really good, but, I mean, it's a totally different. That was years ago. Well, look at that. We won 76-72. 5 and 0 on the season. Holy crap. That's a, that's a good win. I mean, regardless of how good they are, you're going to look at that. I mean, SMU is a, is a brand, so. And yeah. we have Drake in two days. Oh, Oh, look who's decided to join us. Who is it? Gerald? <laughs> look at this guy. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. This bastard went and watched the basketball game. Yeah, you were watching basketball this whole time, weren't you? Actually, I had, I'm going to give a free plug. I had Jason's Deli. I was trying to troubleshoot my boomer computer that's two years old. And uh, no luck. So I'll be on a scavenger hunt tomorrow to hopefully get that fixed. Well, nice that's, to hear from you, Jerry. Nice to hear from that, you. That's been my night, guys. That's been my night, but I'm glad to be here. I, I figured I'd pop in. I don't want to. I don't want to totally ghost you guys. No, no hard feelings. Just trying to get this, the technology back in order as soon as I can. I don't even <laughs> know what to say about this. I'm dealing oh, well. with amateurs here. 
Unbelievable, man. So, so what have I missed? I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm playing catch up right now. Well, I tell you what, it turned into legit rage and review after dark because we kind of went rogue after, uh, after it, it became a close basketball game and people were chiming in. So we kind of held on long enough to, uh, to watch the end of the game together to cheer on the I, players. I the players are who we're cheering on and pulling for. I, I saw, I, I've been getting text. I've been getting text messages left and right about it. And yes, very happy for the players. It's your fault that we had to talk basketball. I'm just telling you. It's his fault we had to talk basketball. It's his fault that you got knocked off. You froze. How is it my wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Where 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 is it my fault that we have to talk about all this stuff? What did I do? Because we had to fill time, man. You weren't here. You decided to go freeze your computer or break it or whatever you did, then blame hey, it hey. on Josh. Just remember. My computer messed up when I got a suggestion to uh, install some software. Now, who was the one that suggested that? Jerry, I walked to my computer. I installed that same exact software, and guess what? It's still running. I'm on it right now. For all so it know, sounds it to me like been, it's user boomer error. It might have been. It might have been different software. We just don't know it. No, nobody sent me a link, man. Nobody sent me a link. I probably pressed something I wasn't supposed well, to. Well, we sent you a link to this thing. Yeah, we sent you a link here like two hours ago when you're just joining us, so we see how well that works. Jerry sounds well, like your grandpa. Wait, hold on a second. I downloaded, but y'all didn't send me no <laughs> link. I downloaded the wrong thing. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, let's see. Well, I'm sure we reviewed Florida Bob State. Bob beat SMU, right? Jerry. Yep. He did. He did. Well, no, the, the, players, the players SMU beat SMU. Oh, well, I mean, hey, you know, you know yeah. how it's going to be. You know how it's going to be talked about in the rebounds club. Just saying. No, man. Look, I, I'm, I'll say this. I, I was. I, I noticed that we were down by ten. Look, it's all about who. It's all about execution, right? And the players executed. So props to them. That was a look. That was a good win. You go on the road to SMU. That's a great win. But but I mean, that's really all I'm going to say about that. Well done, Jerry. Sticking to the code. <laughs> I was just told years ago that we you can't win on the road. In basketball, it's impossible to win on the road. So, and you know, oh, and you know, oh, here it goes. And you know, that's the thing. Like, that's why we kind of stick to the credo we've we stuck with because after a while, you just get tired of hearing it, man. And and I will always, I will always cheer for the guys who put on the Louisiana Raging Cajun uniform. I will never, ever root against someone who puts on our uniform. But don't give me the runaround on that stuff, man. Don't don't give me a reason why it's okay to fail. I don't want to hear that. We've always talked about that here on 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 Rage and Review. Don't give me the culture of can't. Well, we can't win on the road. It's hard to win on the road. Well, it's it's because of this. It's because of that, man. Just go out there and get the get it done, man. Well, I mean, what, so 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 because he got it done tonight. I'm, I don't think we're going to be hearing about how. We don't we ha we don't have a budget and we don't have a point guard and we don't have this we don't have that all of that somehow just I'm probably it's probably going out the window I'm assuming <laughs> Jerry three things you have to have at the Thanksgiving dinner table oh man oh I, I mean besides turkey because I mean turkey's kind of a given how do you do the turkey usually it's um it's baked of course but it's baked to where I, I like I like this I like it crispy. I like it crispy on the outside, but I'm, I'm a dark eating, meat kind of guy. He's eating it like like Christmas vacation when they overcooked it. And they're, they're, they're 
No, no, that's, no. That's how Jerry no, no, likes no, no, it. No. Because you like it. Whatever like it. you just said is not the right answer, Jerry. No, I like it. It's kind of like has a roast feel to it on the outside, but I like it like uh, like a dark meat on the inside. I'm a dark meat. Like when it comes to chicken, I'm a dark meat guy. Dark meat's the way to go. There you go. But, uh, okay, so three dishes besides the turkey or with the turkey? Uh, so that was the What's the difference? Turkey was... <laughs> Turkey like was the bonus. The well, because I can add three. I can give you three different things that I would love to have for Thanksgiving dinner outside of just turkey. Um, so we did. We did. Right. We did top three sides that you have to have, and two that you that are overrated and you just don't understand. All right. So three. Okay. Definitely rice dressing. Got as that's one. Um, I'll say liver in I'll or liver go out. With, oh, I don't do. Uh, um. So you hate boudin? I don't know. So you hate boudin? Oh, I love honest. boudin. No, I you love like boudin. liver. Well, if it's if it's like barely noticeable, yeah. Rice um, dressing is boudin without the casing, bro. <laughs> no, but 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 I like it. I like it. Uh, see, in New Orleans, it's a little bit different. They do what is called dirty rice, where it's more ground meat based. Listen, don't start talking about Cajun cooking versus Creole cooking. No, I don't no, even no. want to have that conversation. <laughs> no, that's your question. To answer your question, I'll say liver in. I'll say liver in, definitely. It, it adds the flavor to it. So I'll say rice dressing. I'm going to say also uh, has to have a good baked macaroni. Got to have a good baked macaroni. And my third dish, I'm kind of my go-to. Let's see. I'll probably say... I swear if you say green bean casserole, I'm leaving. Why did you say that? I, th I thought he was about to say <laughs> Well, I'll definitely, I'll definitely do eat green bean casserole, but I eat green bean casserole... And like every holiday, we seem to have green bean casserole or any get together. It's kind of a, it's almost like the turkey. It's almost a gimme. I actually kind of like a good, I really like good cinnamon marshmallow yams. I, I can do, I, I can do oh a, a good, I can do. <laughs> Knock Nick off the street. He literally Bye. said the two worst ones are the candied yams and the, and the green bean casserole. Hey, if that man don't like candied yams and wants to go against American uh, Thanksgiving traditional values, that man can stay off the, uh, he can, he can stay off the feed. That, that is blasphemous to even get upset about that. That was fantastic. But <laughs> no, I'll say that the rice dressing's good. No, I like the rice dressing. And yes, I like candied yams. Nick. Like the can? Are you sixty? No, really. <laughs> All right, I'll even I'll even add a bonus. Um, I can do I can do a. Bit, if you um, say if you say canned cranberries, I'm turning this shit off. No, I can either. It, it's either a type. It's it's a dressing. It's between a cornbread dressing and an oyster dressing. I can do a good oyster dressing too. That's usually pretty good. My mom used to cook a good oyster dressing. I always enjoyed that. And I don't even I don't, eat oysters. I don't think I've ever had an oyster dressing, but I agree that you got to have the cornbread dressing. That's at the top. Of and you see in New Orleans, in New Orleans, sometimes they'll add like, we used to add like stuffed artichokes and stuff like that. That was pretty good. But no, I, man, dude, it's a home cooked meal. Like I, anything on the table, it's, it's fair game to me. Now, when you say, what are the two most overrated dishes? That was the other question. Yes. Did he wait? Time out, Josh. Did he say he said the candy yams with the marshmallows? Didn't he? He Correct. specifically said with the well, marshmallows. Well, yeah. and also the green beans. The two ones that you hated the most, he said that. <laughs> stable. Well, I had think the have. green beans. I think the green beans are a little overrated because you can eat it. They eat that you like any holiday meal. But why would you? This is supposed to be rewarding. It's supposed to be fun. 
Not the, the stuff that you're forced to eat when you're five. Dude, because I like green bean I'm casserole. Offended dude, by this conversation understand, right I've now. always been a I've always been a vegetable eater since I was a kid, dude. So I, I'm I've I always had a good diet growing up. I don't know what else, man. I, I'm trying to think. It, it's kind of hard to. Okay, all right, I'll give you one. Because and this is just because I don't like I don't really eat it, but like shrimp militon. There's a big one in New Orleans or shrimp militon. I don't eat shrimp. That was always added there, so I always thought that was overrated. I don't know what that is, but it's like a shrimp. It's kind of like a a shrimp dressing, I guess. Kind of like a, you know, it's like bread. It's like a it's like shrimp with like a. It's kind of like a cornbread dressing, but with shrimp, basically. That sounds terrible. I've never heard of that. <laughs> so 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 Nick, you don't like the yams and the green beans, Josh? What were your your um, overrated dishes? What were your top three dishes? Well, first of all, my overrated ones were easy. Who on earth would ever eat? Canned cranberry outside of Thanksgiving. Nobody. You ever go to somebody's house and say, hey, what do y'all have to eat? And they say, oh, we have canned cranberry. No, they don't. It's never happened. So that's number one. And then uh, turduckens. I think that I think the turducken phenomenon is one of the worst ever. I, I, turducken's disgusting. I don't understand it. Oof, I don't know about that. I like turduckens. I apologize for all the laughing. I am just reading the comments, and they are... They're classic. They're well good. done tonight, folks. <laughs> good well stuff. done. Good stuff, uh, boys. I think, I think we increased viewership as we've gone on tonight. As it got worse and worse, the, the yes. viewers. We're going to have a good car crash. Saturday should be fun. Uh, I know you guys probably talked a little bit about Texas State, but, uh, you know, after this, after we get off, I'm pretty much going to watch, you know, the first three quarters of this episode and I'll be packing and doing whatever. And I'll be looking forward to seeing some things that I missed out on. And don't watch hopefully... the episode. No, I suggest you don't do it. We totally <laughs> didn't talk about you. At Not all. one single time. Oh, y'all are too kind. Y'all are too nice. I already know what it's about. Let's see. He's like an old man when it comes to tech. Speaking of, so is your he drinks, he drinks milkshakes, vanilla milkshakes, beets. Am I on the right track? Kind of. I didn't kind really of. go in too hard on the boomer stuff tonight because I wanted to make sure all was good with like losing work information or getting the computer back in working order. And as soon as that was all taken care of, then, then I was going to go like straight boomer freaking nuclear. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's like you guys talked about, Josh. Look, I, I figured I had to show up at least for a few minutes because seeing the sacrifice you made last week, and and doing the lot the stream from your car as you rode the roller coaster back to uh to Lafayette with my life being threatened <laughs> we didn't even talk about that i know that y'all uh thought that i was being a jerk but let me tell you i was right that's all i need to say i, I think that's is that why you did all the driving when you were in Houston <laughs> yes dude look i love my wife she's fantastic she does 99.98 things fantastically Driving is not one of them. Just cannot get it right, dude. Like, pay attention. Quit looking out the damn window. Stay in your damn lane. I was so mad. You like, dude? You'd be perfect, a perfect driving instructor for all those teenagers that like when I drive around Lafayette and you see the student car and you just know they're like, I'm just imagining what they're what these instructors are telling them and stuff. I'm talking about. I don't want to be personally endangered, and I felt. Endangered. Not to mention, I'm trying to make you know solid raging review points after the freaking game. Trying to do a post game, 
and we're going over the mid the the, the middle lane reflectors. Do 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 do. Hey, stay in the lane. Just stay in our lane, and we don't have to deal with any of these problems. Looking out the window, not paying attention. Oh God, I was irate. And then of course we hit a curve. I'm all the way to the left side of the freaking thing. Then we hit another curve. I'm all the way to the right side. I, I was I was furious. Watching it again and actually re-watching the, the replay of our episode, I, I I started busting out laughing going, first of all, how did I pull it off? And secondly, seeing Nick being able to read your lips and just laughing at it the whole time. It was it was epic. It was an epic. I, think, uh, I don't have I the think, courage to go back and look at it. Because no, what we need to pissed. do. I, we need to get Poo to do the subtitles, kind of like, you know, bad rip, lip reading. We need to do him for, for that episode. Uh, James, we need to talk about this after. That would Absolutely. be really funny. James should I, just I be can, our new mascot. The, the other thing was be- I was so mad, and, and like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, keep it all together, and then I look up, and Nick is laughing his ass off. I was like, oh, no. I am live, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> No, there was a there was actually let me see if I can go back to it. There was a great comment about a mascots earlier. Let me see if I can find it. I'll throw it up there. Look, he said, we can, he said we, I'm in. <laughs> we, we got I was gonna say we get the Cajun chicken. It was a volunteer, right? With Russell Heim. I mean, James can be a volunteer poo Broussard. I mean, everybody talked about getting a real life Cajun. I think that's perfect. It embodies a Cajun. You know? But you just get poo-poo out there with like a gumbo one of those big long gumbo spoons. And he comes off the tractor and he just goes sticks it in the middle of the field and you know. You mean the lawnmower? The lawnmower. lawnmower excuse me, I call it a tractor. But yeah, yeah get the ride mower and like get come like on, a fishy, stick the gumbo. Yeah, like a gumbo ladle or like a. You know. That would be legit. See, yeah, the possibilities are endless, folks. This is this is the content you get, folks, late at night. At this point, I'll take a guy named Scott with a mascot. <laughs> mascot. <laughs> Anyways. Oh man. Do you want me to wing a man? I tell you what, I'll do it do on the spot. Hey, why not? Absolutely, brother. Take it away. Let's see hey, what you hey, got. Whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's keep everything on the up and up. Man, I tell you what. Man, I tell you what. On this lovely Tuesday night, two nights before Thanksgiving, we can sit here and be thankful for many things. We can be thankful for the family and friends that we have. We can thank, be thankful for the many Cajuns memories that we have and the university that we love. We can be thankful for the community we're a part of, but we can also be thankful for sometimes overcoming adversity. For example, this week, the Cajuns will head to San Marcos and take on a Texas state team that even though their season may be coming to an end, still play for a lot of pride. On the other hand, you've got a Cajuns team that pretty much as coach Des calls it in playoff mode. Do or die, like the movie The Little Giants, win or cry. If the Cajuns win on Saturday, they will have a good chance to extend their season to play a bowl game sometime in mid-December. And what a way to salvage a season or possibly save a season that some people would consider maybe an underachievement or a disappointment, but others could consider encouraging for facing adversity. That's right. On Saturday, when the Cajuns go to San Marcos, they can make that decision based on the way that they play, based on the way that they execute, based on the way that they can finish strong and give us something to be thankful for. Another opportunity for another winning season. If you look back in the day, we were thankful at the fact that our football program still existed. I remember a time when we thought about dropping football down to FCS 
or even worse, football as a whole. But here today, with the success we've had in the last five or six years, and this football team still shows a sense of pride, a way to grind, a sense of passion for what they represent when they put on that Raging Cajun uniform. As we sit here and we reflect on the things we're thankful for, whether it's the great turkeys or the delicious rice dressing or Nick's favorite candy game, let's also be thankful for something even special, feeling a part of something, feeling a, being a part of something big. And I feel that being a part of the Raging Cajun family, podcast, Raging Review with, with other passionate Cajun fans, gives me a time to reflect on being thankful for things that matter. As always, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Let's take the time to be thankful for all these things that I mentioned. And man, I tell you what, Saturday will be an epic showdown. Does this team want to continue their season or end it in a little bit of disappointment? As we know, as Cajuns, we always find a way to persevere. Let's hope that our boys can do it once more this Saturday in San Marcos. Thankful for all the listeners. Thankful for all our friends that hang out and stick it through with us on these crazy episodes, especially RR After Dark. If you like what we do, folks, and you're new to the program, subscribe, rate, review. I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Jerry, Nick, it's been a good time. Everybody have a great one with the family. Go Cajuns. We'll see you in San Marcos, Texas. I said,